Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill today. 877-867-1670 if you want to join the show. A lot of chatter already. Angel Hernandez and the debacle that was last night. Brewers, though, beat the Phillies one to nothing. Take two out of three. A five and one week puts them tied at the top of the NL Central. Then you have the Bucks, uh dominant weekend, destroying the Bulls twice. They're up 3-1. Look poised to uh, go on to the next round to face probably Boston. That's where things will get interesting. But, Grant, there is also uh, an event Thursday night that uh, we were noting. Bill Michaels Draft Show, 7 p.m. to midnight on Thursday. We're live. We're hearing the picks. We're talking about the picks. We see what the Packers will do. And this is where some of my thoughts come in. So two picks in the first round, 22 and 28. One of them, obviously, they got for uh, Devontae Adams when they traded him away. And that's something we're going to mention as well because the Debo Samuel talk is raging on. I also have thoughts on whether teams really should be trading for these big ticket wide receivers and paying them all this money. Uh, That's coming up probably at the bottom of, of this hour. But in the first round of the draft, so Adam Schefter tweets out earlier today, Within the past week, as the draft has drawn closer, multiple teams in the top half of the draft have inquired with others trying to trade back in the first round. So far, the interest in moving back in Thursday's draft has greatly exceeded the interest in moving up. Why is this interesting? Um, There is a thought out there, and, and there's a whole chart about draft value. Every draft pick has some numerical value. As The higher you go, obviously, the better. But it's used to think that if say I trade a second and a third, I could move into this new spot in the first. It it tries to equate what it would be worth for teams to trade up and to trade back. Um, Once you get to the top of the draft, it is obviously the, a a high number that is hard to get to. We see teams trade two future first to move up to get a quarterback. I've always believed that the only reason you should trade up significantly in the first round is to get a quarterback If someone is falling and you want to jump up three spots to jump another team to maybe get a tackle or a wide receiver, I'm okay with that. But it's really the big ticket trades come when you want to take a quarterback. And that is proven to be pretty much the only situation where it's actually worth it. Because you might get a good player, but the value you're giving up, especially on draft night, right? Because these trades, they're under the gun. You got to throw more in. Uh, you're, you're not getting the value that the pick would normally be worth. So where the Packers stand right now, 22 and 28, very good roster. However, there are some needs to address, obviously tackle depth, probably interior defensive line. You need some depth at edge. You need some depth at tight end, maybe at safety, but their glaring weakness right now is wide receiver. They signed Sammy Watkins. Um, and there it's looking like Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. And then we'll see, um, which is, yeah, by no means great. Uh, you trade away Devonte, and then obviously the Debo Samuel talk plays into that. The one thing grant, I think the Packers cannot do in the first round from the 22nd pick is trade up. If they are going to trade up for a wide receiver, I think it will be a gross misuse of their resources. And I think they will miss out on a valuable opportunity to bolster the roster as a whole. Part of the reason I believe this, let's say they wanted to trade up to 15 or 14. That'll probably take a second round pick, if not a first. Mm -hmm. So they're already giving away one of their seconds or that second first rounder to move up to draft, say Chris Olave or Jamison Williams. Well, 
It was also written today, Grant. Um, Todd McShay, ESPN, had a big yes. draft buzz article. Everything Todd McShay is hearing on top prospects, early picks, team strategies. And one big category was the wide receivers are looking like they're going to go early. That the run, the run on wide receivers is going to happen early in the first round. The only thing you can't do as a drafting team is catch the back end of the run. If you were the one to draft the last wide receiver in that long run, you had to reach up to get him, and you're probably getting a guy that's not as good as the others. So Mm -hmm. do I think trading up for Chris Olave would help the team? Yes, I do. But I also don't think in this draft there is a wide receiver like a Jamar Chase or a guy that you know will come in on day one and be a number one. I like Olave. I like Garrett Wilson. I love Jamison Williams. But I don't think any of those guys are worth trading up significantly to go draft. If you're going to hop up two spots, that's different. But packaging up to go jump up to nine, I think is the worst thing the Packers can do in this draft. I'm upset. I'm upset at you because you just made too much sense. I have nothing to add to this. You're right. You're, you're right about all that. Really, the only type of player, the only position that makes it worth trading up is if you're getting a franchise quarterback, right? There's no other position or player, really. Maybe there's one or two exceptions over the years, but 99% of the time, there's no edge rusher that's worth an extra first-round pick. Remember when the Saints gave up an extra first to jump the Packers to go get Marcus Davenport? Yes. Like, okay. Like, sure, you can give up a future pick to to get a better edge rusher, but that's not going to tip the scales for your team, right? The draft is this big crapshoot and you want as many throws at the dartboard as possible. Ben, I use this analogy on my show and I think it's a good one because I'm a terrible darts player. Would you rather, if you were trying to play cricket or you're playing 300 or whatever the game is, right? Would you rather get to stand five feet closer to the draft board or would you rather get to throw five darts instead of three? Five, easily. I'd rather, yeah, exactly. I'd way rather have the extra darts. So when you think about the draft, in those terms, you would never want to trade up unless you're getting a franchise quarterback who you believe can lead your team for the next 10 or 15 years. And that's becoming more common, by the way. We're seeing a lot of teams do that. But for a wide receiver or an edge rusher or a tackle, the, the value isn't there, especially the Packers with all of these extra picks. That's the edge for them in this draft. That's their advantage. Don't give that away to get a wide receiver prospect that's markedly better or just markedly better than, than another wide receiver prospect. Yeah, and I don't think I would be saying this if there was a generational talent at wide receiver that was going to be out there. When Amari Cooper was coming out of Alabama, he's probably the best college wide receiver I've seen it since the time he was in college, let's say. Like, I, I watching him in college, I thought he was better than Jamar Chase and a bunch of the guys. But you knew when, when Chase was coming out, when Justin Jefferson, even though the Eagles didn't, but you know when some of these guys are coming out, like, they are going to be studs. This class, though, Jamison Williams, there, there's some health questions. He tore his ACL in the national title. I love him as a player, speed guy, and will his health impact the speed? I think coming back from ACLs these days, you, you really come back close to full strength. Yeah. But he's going to, I mean, he's ranked number nine right now on the draft network draft chart. I think he goes top 10. Like uh, teams are talking themselves into him. You have Chris Olave, tremendous route runner, tremendous hands, good athlete, but he's a little small. So we'll see about the physicality when he gets to the NFL. Drake London. I mean, I make the joke that he plays in the Pac-12. So what what are we really going to see from that? But big, big physical 6'4", great at the catch point. But is he, uh, he, he's athletic. 
but is he as polished enough as a route runner to create the space that Devontae would create on the goal line? I don't know. Then, the, then you have Garrett Wilson, who I also love, similar-ish to Olave. There are so many options that I don't think I can differentiate them significantly. I, I mean, I put out this scenario. I would rather the Packers get Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, one of those guys at 22. Maybe even like you have to reach a little further. You take a, a John Mechie would be a reach, but I don't know. You take a Christian Watson. He's been rocketing up boards. I love George Pickens from Georgia. I do too. But you get one of those guys and you could either take a tackle with 28. You could take an interior defensive lineman. You could take a safety Daxton Hill from Michigan. You could trade down and get even more value because teams are stupid. Mm -hmm. If they trade up into those spots, I think they are perfectly positioned in the draft to make a big impact on their team. And there is a lot of talent at safety there. It's not a great tight end draft, but there's, there's a good amount of talent at tackle as there always is. Trading up just to go get a guy they think is going to be great, I think would be a mistake. The thing is here, I think all of the fans would love it. All the fans want, oh, let's trade up for Chris Olave. That's why fans don't run football teams. I I agree with you. I don't think there's a first-round prospect that's worth trading up for. You know, all the draft people that I've read uh, say that Jamison Williams would be number one hands down if it weren't for the injury, which surprises me a little because – if you're the Lions or the Falcons who are rebuilding or any of these teams that are picking in the top 10, what's your rush to win this year anyways? Why not take Jamison Williams and just wait a year? I If he's that much better and naturally he's so much more gifted than everyone else, which is what I keep reading, I I would take Jamison Williams, but I get there's, there's a little bit of hesitancy because of the ACL. Something that I talked about last week, Ben, and I'm keeping this in the front of my mind as we go into Thursday's draft, especially the first round, Mike Renner was on my show on... Thursday or Friday. I don't remember what it, what day it was, but friend we of talked show. about first-round wide receivers. What was that, Ben? I'm sorry. Friend of this show. Friend of this show. Former, a- actually, he was on the uh, Bachelorette, if you didn't know that. Or The Bachelor. I, no, The Bachelorette. I learned about this after the fact. It was the second. The long one. hair. Yeah. Didn't get a lot of screen time from friends that I talked to who, no. who watched that show. No, he did not. Not a lot of screen time for Mike. He was on my show last week, a friend of this show as well, friend of the state. He's from Milwaukee. And he pointed out that all of the first-round wide receivers are smaller. They're like your 180-pound guys. Yep. And then the second, third-round wide receivers are bigger, which is what the Packers favor. Well, it's actually the only thing they draft. They don't draft small guys. So that's another reason to believe that the Packers probably aren't going to reach. They're probably not going to jump up. They might not take a wide receiver in the first round at all, which would keep their streak going. But this is a little bit of a weird draft in that all of the top prospects are smaller, and I doubt Brian Gutekinds likes that. The, the problem here that we're going to face, I guarantee it, on Friday, obviously round one is Thursday. Round two is Friday afternoon. So when the Packers don't take a wide receiver in the first round, which I could see happening, one, mm-hmm. they haven't done it in forever. That's broken record time of how they literally do not take wide receivers. Two, I, they could use them on two really solid players at other spots of need that will come in and make an impact. But when they don't take one, which I think there is a really good chance of that happening, we're going to have all of Friday for people to freak out before they go get George Pickens. Yeah, which is perfect for my show because I don't go on until four anyways. So I don't have to deal with it. Um, when does the round start on Friday? Does it start in the evening still? And then it's the day on Saturday? I believe so. Maybe it's late afternoon. I thought it was somewhere in the afternoon. I could that check. would be great if three o'clock, five o'clock Packers take a wide receiver five. Well, five, five o'clock MDT. I, I don't know what that means. Oh, that's Vegas time. So it starts at six. What is MDT? That is that mountain mountain time. Yeah. Starts at six. 
who, who whose default time is Mountain Time? It's either Eastern Time or Central Colorado. Time. Yeah, Ut- but like, Utah. Who, look at a TV guide. It's like, oh, it starts at four o'clock Mountain Time. Well, who, it's in Vegas. Uh, I suppose. I suppose it makes sense. Yeah, I'm with you though. I, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if they didn't take a wide receiver in the first round. Maybe George Pickens at 28 would probably be the best money to bet. I would imagine. And I would be over the moon ecstatic if they did that. I would too. Have you seen the videos of George Pickens? Uh, Thor, I I forget his last name, but a guy, uh, Minnesota guy, but he uh, writes for NBC Sports and he big college football guy. Minnesota by college right. football. That's what I mean. Um, he was posting these videos. George Pickens would go over to the bench as he's for the route, the opposing bench, give them a shh motion with with the finger on the lips. And then it's a running play and just bulldoze the cornerback that was next to him. He has that mentality and sometimes goes a little too far. He got in a couple on field fights, but I, I love the edge he plays with and boy, can yeah. he catch the football? Well, and the Packers love guys who are active and block in the running game. It depends on who you ask whether that matters. Like when we were talking to Mike Renner last week, he's like, I don't particularly care about that, but I know a lot of NFL teams do. George Pickens seems to have that mentality. And also I like the idea of a wide receiver whose value is a little bit suppressed, right? Would George Pickens be drafted higher if he wasn't injured this last year and he wasn't buried on the depth chart behind all of this Georgia town? Like he wasn't buried, but you know what I mean? If he would have played healthy this year and been a standout star and the only good offensive weapon on a lesser known big 10 team. Like if he played at Purdue, right. And he was just a monster all year and he didn't get hurt. Would he be drafted higher than where he's going to be drafted? I like the idea of the Packers going after a player like that. Whose value is a little bit suppressed. I do too. And I thought it might happen to Jamison Williams. It clearly has not, but that's because Williams played the whole year. George Pickens tore his ACL in the spring and came back for the playoff or maybe the sec title as well. It is ridiculous how fast he came back and how good he looked on the couple reps. He didn't play all the snaps, but how good he looked coming back. I'm with you. Um, because there also is that hype machine that builds because I watch way too much college football. I watch every Big Ten game. I follow yeah. it way too closely. But there is something to be said about in the same with March Madness. If a player goes off in March Madness, everybody wants their NBA team to draft him. Jimmer for that. Mm-hmm. If a player goes off in the playoff or looks really good in the title games, Everyone is thinking, oh, look, that guy, eh, he should be our first round pick. When at the same time, there are some players on the team next to him that maybe didn't have the best year, but will be better pros. And I think that's George Pickens. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's interesting um, because there are there are so many guys in that back end of the first round that I love that I think would make a big impact. If they could get George Karloftis from Purdue, another beast at the edge spot. And he is that's. He is That's a name that I'm coming around to. He was trending on Twitter this morning. All these people were, I'm going to try to find it now. They were arguing about like, why is this guy falling? Like, look at all of these measurables. Look at the numbers. Why is he, because I, I, I saw a rumor today that he might fall out of the first round and people were like, why is this out there? I, I don't know. I like Karloftis. If they got him at 22, I'd love it. Yeah. The, that talk is stupid. That's one of, sometimes people try to outsmart themselves going into events like this, like the draft. Um, I had a take earlier in the year when the college football season was still going that he would be a better pro than Aiden Hutchinson. And I don't know if I'm going to stand by that take, but I think it's going to be a little closer. I love him as a player, but there's so many guys in that area. Um, There are a couple tackles, Trevor Penning, 
uh, that that they could go after. There are so many opportunities. Louis Cine from Georgia. Uh, so many opportunities to really make the team better. And I know they need a wide receiver. But don't trade up to do it. Don't no. go crazy. Don't talk yourself into Chris Olave being the next best route runner in NFL history. Don't do Ooh, that. Can I, can I throw a comp at you? Yeah. And you tell me what you think here. So it's from the Todd McShay piece. He wrote that Nicobe Dean, George Karloftis, and Tyler Linderbaum may fall out of the first round. I love okay, all which, three of those guys. Yeah. It, the one thing with Linderbaum is he's a center. I, I don't know that centers in the first round. I'm just not a fan. Like you get Garrett Bradbury's when you do that. Right. But here's, here's the comp. Brad Spielberger quote tweeted this report from Todd McShay who said, Karloftis is this year's AJ Epinesa. What do you think of that comp? How, how does that make you feel? It's interesting. Um, I need to look up their exact measurables. My brain is telling me that Epinesa was a little bigger just from watching him at Iowa and Purdue. I might just be completely wrong. Um, well, I don't know at all. I, 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 but, I have no impression. I just, that's an interesting name. An edge rusher who was high production, Big Ten school, blue blood program that fell to the end of the first round or even the beginning of the second, maybe, and then went to Buffalo. Yep. Karloftis to the Packers would be really similar. I, um, they're very inter- They're very similar in the fact that they played on not the best. They're not Ohio State kids. They played on very classic style Big Ten football teams and were great at their edge position, which means a lot of run defending and run stuffing, which means you're you're in that physical part of the game. It's it's not the Pac-12 where you just try to run around and tackle 30 times a game. And the and Pac-12 is catching strays in this hour of the Bill Michaels show, and I love it. The Pac-12 always catches strays. Um, it's, I it, love it. It's because they produce a lot of wide receivers that I don't buy. Um <laughs> But they have to do that. They have to rush the quarterback, but they're going against some really good offensive linemen and they're playing in colder weather. If anything, I think it would be guys like Epinesa went to Buffalo. Did he blow the world up as soon as he got there? No, no. but he's a really productive member of that really good defense. Similar thing with Karloftis in Green Bay. You're, it's still going cold weather to cold weather. I think it's a fit that makes a ton of sense. And I mean, you can never have too many good edge rushers. Right. No. The NFL, we mentioned that David Stearns, cheap, controllable players. The NFL, especially with the Rodgers contract, especially with the Jair contract that needs to come. You saw what Denzel Ward got, right? Like they're going to have to pay Jair a lot of money if, if they want to keep him, especially with all the contracts across the board on the Packers right now. If you could get a couple really good impact rookies, like teams usually win Super Bowls when their quarterback is on a rookie contract. You're not going to yep. have that, obviously, with Rodgers. But if you could get a bunch of solid players on rookie contracts, that can kind of offset it. So I'm well, all this in is where on the idea of, yeah, the positional value comes into play, right? What, what positions get the most money? We think of corner with what Ward just got edge wide receiver. If you can target those players in the first round in those positions, you're going to get such a great value. Whereas I said, I don't like taking centers because the highest paid center in the league doesn't make relatively that much more than a rookie the way that an edge rusher or a wide receiver or a corner would. So if you're stuck between two or three players, where are you going to get the, uh, get the best value? I like Epinesa for that reason. Any wide receiver, any, uh, any corner as well. You can never have enough corners. It's the same with edge rushers. Um, ben- Benjamin Solak, NFL writer for the ringer used to be the draft network. Love his work, his mock draft. He said, I did my one and only mock draft. I'll do all year, man at 28, 
or at 22, I'm sorry, first, Packers, George Karloftis. At 28, Packers, George Pickens. That would, that would be the dream. That would probably be my best case scenario. Yeah. And it's, it, I've watched the Packers long enough and I've seen enough drafts. There's no way that happens. No, there's <laughs> it's no too way. too obvious. I've never walked away from a Packers draft and thought, of course, of <laughs> course, that's exactly what we thought they were going to do. Right. But maybe this is the year. I'll get suckered in. Yeah. All right. Your thoughts on that? 877-867-1670. Would you trade up for a wide receiver? Grant and I are both against it. We think there's value later in the draft and it would be a mistake to go up and try to get a guy. I also want to talk about the wide receiver position as a whole, because you mentioned positional value. I think it's ridiculous. Some of these guys is, are getting this amount of money and this amount of draft capital from teams. That's all coming up next. It's Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we're back. 877-867-1670. What do you think the Packers should do in the first round of the NFL draft? What do you think they can't do? Would you trade up for a wide receiver? 877-867-1670. Or I'm on Twitter at Benzie Kenny. He is at Wisco Grant. You could tweet at the program. I was thinking I would I, I would hit the mock draft machine a little later in the show and, and see what mm. we come up with. Maybe talk through some some thoughts and some strategy that's when it all comes out right and yeah i'm a little crazy that i i mean most of my opinions on these players are from watching them in college for years i don't do as much of the reading what everyone writes about them and all the draft guides i do a lot of it i bought the athlon one um i read it on a plane on the way back from new york a couple weeks ago but how was that oh it was wonderful i was annotating choice Annotating. I want to fly somewhere. I, I want to fly somewhere on an airplane by myself and just do something like that. That sounds like paradise. Um, I despise flying more than anything I do because something really? always goes wrong. Like delays. Delays. Lost, something um, like that. Mainly delays because also flying out of Madison to places you have to connect oh, yeah. often. So delays. Um, the travel day is also way far too long to get to a lot of places I go. Um, it's that it's, I, I don't know the people I'm sitting next to the situation. I just, I, I'm unhappy when I travel, but no, this was great. I was annotating, which I, I, I don't think I even annotated in high school. Like probably the first time I've took a pen to a piece of paper to write in a book. So it was great. Um, and, and I did learn a lot. I, you get a lot of the names of guys that I didn't watch in college, but I am a believer of. Uh, a lot of the times the tape does speak for itself. And, and when you watch them, you could see who the players are. For instance, I like David Bell a lot. I know he has one of the worst athletic profiles in the draft. And he is, he is crashed down boards because he had a horrible combine, but he was, all he did was catch the football at Purdue. So I still think like round three, that's a guy that can make an impact. I was going to ask you this earlier in the show, like 20 minutes ago, but I, I didn't really have a chance. And I didn't want to derail our conversation. If the draft happened like two weeks after the national title game, like let's say they did the national title game. Then that Thursday, Friday, they did the combine and then pro days like Monday, Tuesday. And then the draft was Thursday. How different do you think boards would look 
relative to waiting a couple of months? Wildly, it would change everything? Wildly okay. different um, in, in every single way. Number one, and there already are a lot of Alabama guys and Georgia guys that will go in the first two rounds because they're mm-hmm. crazy loaded with talent. But the recency bias is a huge thing. And we see NFL teams. I, I mean, would you still have the combine? Hmm. Do we need the combine? I mean, for a, for a gated data gathering tool, excuse me, I don't think we need it. Do pro days, do everything else. Now, the NFL media sphere, like converging in one place to ask questions and, and do that part of it, it's important. But do we need the combine? No. I Well, one, the NFL makes a lot of money off it. Um, oh, of course. Two, yeah. no. I think even some of the drills they do are, are like pointless for the most part. Let's say they don't have the combine. I think it would look wildly different because teams would not be talking themselves into and out of players that normally it's clear coming out of the year are going to be good. Um, it happens a wide receiver. It happens a lot at quarterback. The fact that drafts in April, I think that's a real reason that the quarterbacks always go first. Teams will talk themselves even in the horrible Paxton Lynch was drafted in the first round. (laughs) If that draft happened after the season, he would have been a, I don't know, third or fourth round pick, right? I I think teams for bad and for good talk themselves in and out of players as the process goes along. Um, Plus you kind of see the battle for media exposure, different teams and agents are leaking stuff to Schefter and Rappaport and all those guys. And because that happens, then you see all these teams kind of group think, joins together and then everyone says, Oh no, I need to do that more. So I'm going to do, I'm going to leak it to this guy. I I think if it happens right after the season, honestly, this, this could be a bad take, but I, I think the hit rate would be higher, frankly. Well, I was going to say, if they did it a week later, you'd have recency bias, but would that recency bias be outweighed by overthinking that we have now? I I don't know. You'd have some more Alabama, Georgia guys, but like, is that even the worst thing in the world? I feel like those are pretty safe players. Oh, it's a good thing. I, what I'm saying, I, yeah, if anything, if I were to draft a defender in this uh, coming up and I mean, the teams are talking themselves into Trayvon Walker, number one, which I think is stupid. Like take Hutchinson. He'll be OK. Yeah. He's not going to be Lawrence Taylor, but he'll be solid. Um, but if I had to build a defense, I would take one of the Alabama or one of the Georgia guys that yeah. would fit one Why of my not? positional needs. They have talent everywhere and they're all studs. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan Davis, by the way, really quickly. Oh, love. over or under 15th. I feel like he goes top 10. I think he might fall because teams don't want defensive linemen that play two downs, but okay. he is, he is unbelievable on the football field. Like you put him on the field with uh, n- no matter what the scheme is, you throw him a nose tackle, you throw him, maybe if you're playing four, three, throw him at defensive tackle. I mean, he, he just blows plays up. Like you will not. It's like Vita Vea. When Vita Vea is on the field yeah. for the Bucks, teams don't run against them because they can't. That's what Jordan Davis would do. I just I see mocks where Jordan Davis gets to the Packers, filling a need at twenty two, and I just I have a hard time believing that a name that big from a national title team, who everybody knows, I have a hard time believing that guy falls to twenty two. So do I. But if he's there, I want the Packers to take him. I would take him Agreed. instead of name a wide receiver at that spot. Yeah, unless Jamison Williams, I I kind of love Jamison Williams. Yeah, I well, love him. He is uh, he is a lock to go top ten, I think. Um, with where think we're at so. now. All right, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to the phones. Line one. You're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Oh uh, yeah, this is Hector from Alaska. 
What's going on, man? Um, hey, Grant. Yeah, I normally uh, call in a Grant show, um, but I uh, just had a couple thoughts here. History shows the Packers are probably not going to take a wide receiver in the first round, and honestly, I think that's smart. Like you guys have touched on, wide receiver class, eh, nothing to write home about. And Aaron Rodgers is going to make you a good wide receiver. I mean, he can put the ball where no other quarterback can. Um, so I think having a wide receiver that's going to put the work in and work with a diva like Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be good regardless. Um, so I think with all the defensive players that are available, the the Packers would be good to, to do it that way. They have proven that they're really good at drafting corners. Um, and Jair is going to be pricey. So right. I would say that would be the best course of action. But do if they were to move up, I could see them possibly moving up for a defensive player. But I wide receiver Packers doesn't really go in the same sentence. So that'd be highly unlikely, I believe. So I would even take what you just said a step further. Rodgers makes the wide receiver. But how many times do we see Rodgers and a rookie wide receiver blow the world up? We don't, right? Plus, he's right. most likely not going to be at any of the offseason stuff. So he is a guy that relies on trust more than anybody. He says it all the time. He has to trust the guys. He has to know they're going to be in the right spots. I don't know if I can expect the receiver. that They're going to draft a receiver. I don't know if I'm going to go into next year, no matter who it is, thinking they're going to instantly be the number one because we just haven't seen that. Right. And that does also fall on the fact a little bit, I would say that he's always had Devonte Adams, so this is kind of going to force him out of the comfort zone. His comfort zone of, hey, I got to build this trust. You don't have that option anymore because you decided to take all the money that you wanted, and now you don't have that guy that you've always relied on. So either Randall Cobb's going to have the best year of his career, or Rogers is kind of just going to have to learn to work with the rookies. And I think that might be better for him and the organization together yeah i would bet on the second one i'm not putting any eggs in randall cobb having a great year (laughs) (laughs) oh my god all right hector appreciate the phone call um thanks hector brings up a good point about uh, he, he mentioned the receiver class at first and it is nothing to write home about however it is a solid class of deep guys all in the same tier that's why I think I think like I that's why I think like I do right now, right? Because yeah. trading up for a guy, I don't think he is that different than the guy you would say get at 28. When we say that this wide receiver class is nothing to write home about, I I, don't, I still don't think it's that bad. This is probably as bad of a wide receiver class as we're ever going to see again, right? Like we're not going to have bad wide receiver classes moving forward. There's just too many good players and all these good athletes want to play wide receivers. You know what I mean? Oh, Jackson Smith and Jigba coming out of Ohio State next year. Yeah. Oh, boy. Marvin Harrison Jr. It's like we don't have bad wide receiver classes. We have amazing ones and ones that are just pretty good. And this one's just pretty good. And there's a lot of options. There's a lot of depth for the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, Trading up for a defensive player that he mentioned as well. Totally depends who um, and where. I don't think I would trade up for Jordan Davis by any means. Uh, but if you can get an impact edge, if you can get Jermaine Johnson, honestly, a guy like that, or let's say Karloftis is a couple picks away and you want to jump up and get him, I'd be in for that. But that's uh, no trading up for linebackers. And I think Brian Gutekunst would never do that. 
Not only did the Packers not draft them, I don't think they would even think about trading up for them. Um, I mentioned heading into last break. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, wide receiver contracts, all this money, all this draft capital being spent on them. I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'll tell you why. Coming up next, it's Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, and for Bill Michaels. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. back 877-867-1670 you want to get a hold of the program so grant i i mentioned heading into break these what's happened at the wide receiver position is kind of unbelievable and i think it's been clear that those guys have significant value to the best teams it's become a passing league you need a great quarterback you need a great passing game you need to score points to win we saw that i mean the the bills chiefs game was was the biggest example of that ever. And then uh, you need talent everywhere. But Tyreek Hill goes for an absolute haul. Chiefs trade him away. He gets $30 million with the Dolphins. The Packers trade Devontae Adams. They get a first, a second, I, I believe some more, to the Raiders. He gets $28 million, um, with the Raiders a year. I think both the Chiefs and the Packers showed you yet again why they are some of the best organizations right now in football and have been for a while. Even before the Chiefs got Mahomes, they were a well-run organization. Andy Reid comes in, then they hit on, you know, a a superstar quarterback. But the Packers and Chiefs showed you that, yes, you need these great wide receivers to win. But when it comes down to the gross money of it and paying them as much as you pay a quarterback, that's just not the, it's not the recipe necessarily to building a Super Bowl roster, I don't believe. I think they tell you, teams tell you, when the smart organizations are doing something, it's probably the smart move. When they're in the draft and smart organizations are probably like the Eagles, yes, they do a lot wrong. But if there's one thing their GM is good at, it's knowing when to trade down in the NFL draft and trade out oh, of yeah. the first round and get value. They show you over and over again why the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets pick at the top of the draft every single year. One, they can't draft good players. Two, they're horribly coached. But three... <laughs> They just don't they don't understand necessarily how how to I would say diversify all of your assets on the team. I would not pay Tyreek Hill thirty million dollars. And yes, Devontae Adams is worth every single penny. I think he is a, a far better wide receiver than Tyreek Hill. But still, if I'm the Packers, I, I wouldn't do that. One, you probably couldn't given the contract situation. But two But Aaron Rodgers Rogers deal is so team friendly. That's what I keep reading. So of course they could have signed Adams, I'm sure, right? They could have fit it, but that means in, in four years they would have been screwed for the most part. Yeah. Um yes. but getting a first plus for him, getting these guys in on rookie deals, you hit on the draft picks, and then bang, you're you're right back where you were. That move is not gonna make the Raiders a Super Bowl contender. It's it, I, the Dolphins probably still will miss the playoffs. Yes. I don't fault the Raiders or the Dolphins for making those moves, but I don't think they are moves that gets them closer to their ultimate goal. Part of that is because the Raiders play in the West and they're already behind the eight ball there, but the Dolphins, they're not a wide receiver away. I I don't know that either one of those moves are, are plus EV plus expected value for either team, but it makes more sense for the Dolphins or the Raiders to pay those wide receivers, especially the Dolphins than it does for the Packers and the Chiefs. 
right? Devontae Adams had reached a point with the Packers, and part of it is the Packers' fault because they didn't really make an effort to get anyone else. But teams were limiting Adams, right? Adams was still great, but teams had found a way to, to kind of keep him contained. And same with the Chiefs. They weren't letting Tyreek Hill get over the top. Tyreek Hill was still very good, but teams figured out how to take away the things from Adams and Hill that they're best at. And the Packers and the Chiefs weren't going to get return on their value. If they're paying $30 million a year, the Chiefs were paying $30 million a year for a Tyree kill that was contained and had become a yard after the catch guy, right? Because opposing defensive coordinators had found a way to kind of keep him corralled a little bit. That's not good return on investment, especially when you're paying Mahomes a bunch and Rodgers a bunch. They're not paying Tua a lot in Miami. So you can throw $30 million a year at Tyree kill, and it's not a true $30 million a year. Go ahead, right? Because you have a little bit of money to burn. The Packers and the Chiefs don't. So this brings up, I, I agree completely. They, this brings up Debo Samuel because yes, would adding him to a Green Bay offense make it really good? Will he be scary? Absolutely. Would I trade away two first round, one first round or two first round? Would I give 22 and 28 to go get Debo and then have to pay him? Absolutely not. Number one, he's going to make 4 million this year, but then the money comes due and he's going to make a lot of it. Number two, I don't think the Packers are a wide receiver away from a Super Bowl. I think they are a good Aaron Rodgers playoff performance away from a Super Bowl. And that might be an unpopular thing to say, but if Aaron Rodgers plays well when they make it to the playoffs again this year and the defense is what we think it can be and they have a great stable of running backs and what should be a really solid offensive line, especially if you fortify it in the draft, I don't think they're a wide receiver away. They're Aaron Rodgers playing well in the playoffs away from winning the Super Bowl. Getting Debo Samuel doesn't change it. Everyone says, oh, they're going to be the best offense in the NFC. It's like, no, they they might be anyway. But if anything, they will be similar to what they were last year. They had the star yeah. receiver. Like we've seen how yeah. that works and they were really good at it. But is it worth two first round picks and all the money? Absolutely not. Thank you for bringing that up, by the way. Thank you for pointing out that the Packers last year had the best wide receiver in football. And that's a great measuring stick to think of when we consider a potential Debo Samuel trade. Let's start there, right? Should the Packers trade multiple picks for Debo Samuel? Best case scenario, best case, Debo gets to Green Bay and is as good as Adams or pretty darn good. It's still not better than they were last year. They're still in the same place. They have one superstar wide receiver and nothing else. Also a great thing to keep in mind when you're thinking, should they jump up to try to get Jamison Williams or should they trade up to get Drake London or, or whatever your, you know, pick your favorite wide receiver prospect. Best case scenario, they draft Drake London or Jamison Williams. He comes in and is as good or close to as good as Devontae Adams, which is very unlikely. They're still in the same spot, right? So stop trying to give up all of this draft capital or, or trade capital or whatever to try to just get back to the same place they were last year because it wasn't working last year with Adams. I would say they are, and this could sound crazy, I think they're better equipped going into this year, and this is before seeing the draft, but knowing that they have the draft capital that they do have, I think they could be better equipped to win a Super Bowl this year than they were last year. You look around the NFC, and Tom Brady came back, but that Bucks roster is not what it was when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. The Rams, obviously, are a tremendous football team. But you look across the NFC, it's wide open. The division is horrible. They're going to get a ticket to the dance again. And I think if they use the draft well, they'll be in the same theoretical spot they were in. But what if Debo Samuel goes to the AFC? Then the Niners are a lot less scary, right? Like all of the talent in the NFC is gone to the AFC. 
all all of I mean, we saw all the trades and all the good players move. I think they're better equipped if they build the roster well and add a couple pieces at key spots. I think they would be better equipped to win a Super Bowl this year than they were last. I weirdly like the idea that the Packers need to have this period of discovery with their offense this season. Like the first six weeks, they need to work out some kinks. They need to try some things and not experiment, but I don't want them to hit the ground in week two against the Lions and just be phenomenal, be fantastic. I think they need to struggle a little bit. They need to go through some adversity and Aaron Rodgers maybe needs to explore some new things and new ideas with new players because the last two Super Bowl champs, Ben, who, who we saw, the Bucks, who lost to the Bears two years ago, right? You remember that little oh, bad stretch they went Nick Foles. And then the Rams, who got blown out like three straight games last year, two of them at home. I like the idea that the Packers need to not lose games, but struggle and experiment and work out some kinks. I think that's better for them in the long run. There is the cliche comment that, that everyone makes that, you know, Rodgers has to run LaFleur's offense. And I don't really agree with that. When Devontae's there, they're a better team. But I think there is something to be said of, I mean, it's, He's going to have a great run game. The offensive line is going to be really good. And there will be people running routes. It's now on him to, to actually make that work. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels show. Who do we got? What's up, Ben? Hey. Benito. What's going on, Paulie? So I think, and I think you just touched on it there right at the end. But uh, what I was going to say is I think that what most people are, I think they're going to be better with addition by subtraction because he's going to have to find the open person. He can't go to a security blanket all the time. Secondly, I agree with your it was good to let Rod, or, uh, Adams go so they could get what they could get for him. And if you imagine, look, Devontae Adams is probably the best receiver of football. Probably. Yeah. But I would say the best. Would you take if, if if you if you were building a team right now, would you take Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase? Um, well, I would take Jamar Chase because he's on a rookie contract. And he's young and he's got more upside. He he, he hasn't even hit his ceiling yet. Well, so, I I, I mean if if Jamar Chase becomes Devontae Adams, I, I think that'll be a little bit surprising because of how good Devontae is and how great he is with Rodgers. I would take Jamar Chase only for the fact that you wouldn't have to pay him that much this year. Well, my point was going to be that they can draft one of those receivers, and if they get somewhere near a Jamar Chase, it's going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hope it – obviously, you know me. I hope it doesn't, but just for the sake of conversation, I think that would be a smart move. Yeah. Noted Bears fan, Polly Graham, by yeah, the way. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, I know. We don't usually hear from right. you in the uh, near 1 o'clock hour of the, of the radio day, well, but – no, this is I just, good. I just got out of I just got out of physical therapy and uh, I caught I thought oh, oh my. right on. Well, cutting up a little bit. I, I appreciate the phone call. I'm sure we will talk again tomorrow morning on on over the line. <laughs> We're going to step away, take a quick break. More on Packers situation in the draft, their wide receiver situation. Am I a crazy person for saying that they're not a wide receiver away and could be better equipped than they were last year? They're just a good Aaron Rodgers playoff run away from winning a Super Bowl. That's coming up next. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, 
right, welcome back. Bill Michaels Show, 877-867-1670. Draft thoughts. It's draft week. Um, I always thought, Grant, that the first round of the draft was kind of overrated. Uh, I have always been a fan of rounds two and three in terms of a television product. Because round one, there's so much waiting around and so much. There's barely any drafting done and just a lot of BS uh, and a lot of show which I don't like. I like when we're in day three or no day two mode round three, when there's a guy getting drafted while they're still doing the film on a guy from three picks ago. And then (laughs) as the picks come in, just thoughts are thrown out there. And like, this guy does this, you get the music behind all the highlights. Like that's my favorite. And I've been to an NFL draft. It was a lot of fun, but I, I, I've always been a a day two guy. This is going to sound really pretentious. And I guess it is. I, it is pretentious. My Packers are always picking at the end of the first round. They're always picking at like 27. There's huh. not a ton of intrigue by that point. Like the real drama's in the top 10, top 20 guys are moving around for quarterbacks. And then it's like, oh, the Packers took a safety at 27. You know, great. Which is, which is cool. I like seeing who my team picks. But the intrigue and the hype kind of wanes when my team is normally picking. So I think I'm jaded towards the draft for that reason. Yeah, and it's which washed up... Uh, linebacker are the Jets going to take that's going to be a bust this time or which yeah. tackles going to Jacksonville to never be good um, yeah. but I'm excited I, I I mean this Packers draft definitely feels bigger than previous ones partially yeah. two first round picks also this offseason has been interesting to say the least there are, a lot, there, there are some real unknowns and there are different ways to attack the unknowns which you know makes it captivating All right, we're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, the conversation continues. What should the Packers do on Thursday? Should they trade up for a wide receiver? Should they stand pat? Should they trade down? That's coming up next. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.